Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Scherzarko, and I might be biased, but I think that this is a particularly fun episode. After having told myself for 30 years that I would never attempt to play video games, I finally caved and started playing The Witcher 3 the other day. And so Winston and I thought it would be fun to use this opportunity to talk about both The Witcher, the game and the TV series, and video games as a form generally on pairing. I also got to talk about some wines that we haven't talked about before on the show, so I hope you enjoy it. Before we dive in, a gargantuan thanks to all of our patrons, including our producer-level patrons, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, Allison Turi, and Jacob Penfold, who are all probably way better than me at video games, which is not hard to do, and to our master patron, Michael Beck, who is probably as good as Geralt of Rivia at slaying monsters. We've got some fun bonus content, like wine fun facts, beer and spirits pairings for previous episodes, mini-episodes, live streams, and more already on the Patreon, and even more is coming up. As I establish in this episode, if we get five or more patrons at the $5 and up level in the next month, Winston will record a cover of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. If that's not motivation, I don't know what is. So if any and all of that sounds good to you, and you'd like to toss a coin to your podcaster, come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. We don't have a sponsor this week, but if I can just make another quick plug that if you're looking for more fun fantasy content in your life, you can now listen to Shadowborn, book one of the Light and Shadow series by Moira Katzen and narrated by yours truly. I am currently spending most of my quarantine days editing the next book in the series, and I only get paid for my work if people buy these books. So if you feel financially stable enough to check it out, it's available on Audible and most other audiobook platforms at this point. And there are links to those in the show notes. Thank you so, so much in advance. Without further ado, here is episode 62, The Witcher. Okay, welcome to pairing. <laughs> How are you feeling? I am so full of rage. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, I uh, have begun playing video games. Oh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's so bad. I'm so bad. No, and, you are. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, I'm a 30 year old woman. I, you know, I mean, I've played video games before, but, like, not beyond, like, a single sitting with somebody trying to teach me how to do it and me being like, no, I'm bad. Because as we were just saying, I don't like doing things that I'm not good at. So. (laughs) I think you should be commended because you went from uh, dying during the tutorial of how to walk. Several times. Well, listen. To, I, to Griffin Slayer in like 
like, a day. Like a day. I did. I did slay a griffin on my second day. And don't ask me how. Me I don't know. I don't game. know what what happened differently the time that I did slay the griffin from the times that I didn't slay the griffin because it took like five times. You've got but... a secret video game power that comes out when you need it <laughs> I most. I see. I see. Which uh, seems like a very Witcher esque ability. Yeah. So we're gonna be talking specifically about the, the Witcher. 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 Which, mm. um, which, so I've sort of consumed Witcher media in probably the opposite order that you're supposed to, which is I saw the Netflix series starring not just National Treasure, but World Treasure Henry Cavill. Yeah. And we stand. We stand. Um, we stand Henry Cavill. We, we do. Is it Cavill or Cavill? Cavill. I don't Who care. Who knows? Who knows? We stand. Yeah, we stand. Um, so I saw that first. And, and I can't wait for more. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so good. Um, but we have to wait, like, forever for it. Yeah. Um, and probably even more forever now that probably production has been halted. This um, just gives you more time to finish The Witcher 3, The Wild That's Hunt. right. Um, which I am really excited to get to The Witcher Blood and Wine expansion because... Of the title. Because of the title. <laughs> well, it's about fighting vampires and... There's wine, so it could not yeah. be more my Perfect. thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, <laughs> but you got to the place where it was, and it was like, you need to be level 30. And you were like, oh, I'm well, level 3. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so confused because they're like, this is, well, when you go to the map, it's like, you should be level 5 before you start this quest. And, yeah. um, and so then I started the quest, but then it was like, you got to be level 30. And I was like, but I'm level three. I'm not so far. Like, maybe I can level up a little bit. So I decided to go back and finish a quest in another town. And um, and I just spent like two hours trying to figure out how to get out of this game. <laughs> and by the way, I really want to congratulate you on your very first, fuck this game! Fuck it! Stupid! There's no way out! I've tried every... Oh. Yeah, and then I succumbed to looking up the YouTube video tutorial of how to get out of there. Absolutely, I recommend. Yeah. So one of the things that I've discovered about playing video games, and we're going to talk specifically about Witcher because I love Witcher. I'm so into it. But one thing that I learned, so when I started playing video games three days ago, um, I I said, you know, I shouldn't drink wine while doing this because I, like, I'm bad enough. Like, my hand-eye coordination is terrible. I'm going to be learning stuff. Maybe no. not whiskey. But... No. I, I it, it, <laughs> Drinking wine has been clutch for me while playing <laughs> these video games because if you're at all like me and you don't like being bad at things and you're trying a new thing for the first time in your life when you're 30 years old and most people who are 12 are, like, a million times better than you at it. It helps to kind of calm the nerves. Yeah. And um and so we're drinking we're drinking um a Macedonian wine because Very nice. I thought this was one of my first uh wines that I that kind of geeky wines that first got me into wine. And I know I've talked about it on the show before, but uh this is called a Rakatsitli or Ooh. or as we called it fondly, Arcasitelli. Arcasitelli. So, so it's one of the oldest varietals in the world. And so I was trying to think, and I'm trying to going to try to focus on some wine regions that I don't actually know a ton about this episode. But because the Witcher series, originally the book series, was written by um, 
oh my God, I'm going to forget his name. I want to say Andrzej Sapkowski or something like that, but he is a Polish author. And, and so I wanted to focus on kind of Eastern European wines as much as possible. And I don't know, there, there aren't a ton of Eastern European wines that get like mass produced and exported to the U.S. So we don't get a lot of them. Um, But I'm going to talk about what I know about them or what I'm vaguely familiar with. Um, Because this this show does feel very Eastern. It's a very Eastern European fantasy. Oh, yeah. My my back right now is just in tight knots of stress. I always get it on the right <laughs> shoulder. Yeah, I mean, my I always vi- get it on the right shoulder. My video but... game shoulder, I like I I slowly hunch up and over until I've got like full, you know, crab claw. Yeah. T-Rex arm on one side. Right, right. <laughs> so, let's start by talking about the show. How about? Yeah. Cuz I feel like that's probably the way that many people like me are becoming introduced to the world of The Witcher. Because before before watching the show, I was like, ugh, it's just another, like, male gazy video game, stupid, blah, blah, blah. But no, now I love it. Absolutely. Um, 100%. That's how the male gaze gets you. That's how the male gaze gets you. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and one thing I wanted to talk about in the show, and, and listeners, probably many of you can tell us better. So, Winston, you played The Witcher 2 game, right? Yeah. I have not played the third game. I played The Witcher 2 and I was pretty completionist about it, but I only did one like full playthrough. Mm. I didn't go back and do like the other choice that you can make. Right, right. Um, so I, I only know sort of, I have vague memories of that. By the way, it took me like 25 tries to beat the <laughs> the first boss. In oh my Flotsam. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I have no idea how I how I how I managed to do it don't know what the difference was um I still don't understand what the buttons do fully but I'm start you starting it it you know and this is one thing I was thinking about you know like playing video games it's like it's like a discipline like anything else it's like learning an instrument or learning it's a very dance much a routine. muscle memory yeah thing. like like already I sort of remember like I can remember okay if I hit this button that that does what I want it to do right um, and I'm not good at it but but it's 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 already starting so um, so that's that's kind of fun. So I just wanted to talk about the show a little bit. I mean, we're kind of joking, kind of not, about how much we love Henry Cavill. Cable. He is apparently a huge fan of the game. and Yeah, not joking at all. I've loved Henry Cavill yeah. since he was like on three episodes of the first season of The Tudors. <laughs> well, like, yeah, that's right. I was like, look at this Adonis. Yeah. This well, beautiful man. <laughs> well, see, I, I feel like I nothing against him. I'd seen him in... You know, obviously the Superman movies, which I'm not a big fan of those those particular ones, not due to him. I think he's great. I think he's very, very good. But it's fun to see him get to, like, play somebody a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> also, the voice, his voice is so good. It's, I can't, I, I can't physically do it. The, the, the growl. It's really fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, <I love> it. <laughs> Fuck. He's like very funny too, yeah. which is part of the fun. But one of the um you know, as we mentioned, kind of the male gaziness of it, one thing that is cool about the show is how much of it is from Yennefer's perspective. Which if you haven't 
played the game, read the books, watched the show. Um, basically, the it's a cool world, um, fantasy world that that I think Andrei Sapkowski is is how you would pronounce it. Um, if you speak Polish, please let me know. I also I am a quarter Polish, uh, my heritage, so it's nice to you know see Poland getting some love. But so Yennefer, so The Witcher is uh, Geralt of Rivia, right. of course. He's a mutant. He's a mutant, magically enhanced person. Yes, and his kind of paramour in this season, in this season of the show, and my understanding is maybe in the first Witcher game? I think so because a lot of the second game is with Triss Marigold and Geralt doesn't remember a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. about Yennefer. Mm -hmm. So I think so. So Yennefer is a a magician Mm -hmm. lady and a lot of it is from her perspective. And so uh, this, this always gets me. What's very cool, and this isn't too much of a spoiler if you haven't watched the show, but what I love about it is that it's um, the storytelling is nonlinear. So you kind of get, to, you have to like watch several episodes of the show to realize what's happening when and to see how the timelines align, right. so to speak. Um, and I loved that. And I saw a lot of reviews of, of Witcher that was like, it was confusing. I couldn't tell what was happening when. And I was like, I love that kind of storytelling where you have to kind of like figure out what's going on and when it's going on um, and how it all pieces together. So that was one of the things that really, really stuck out to me about the show. Another thing that's really cool about the show is that it has a female showrunner, which is rare for most people big fantasy series i feel like um it's one of the first if not the first like big budget fantasy shows or shows slash movies to have a a a woman showrunner so so um once i once i discovered that i was i was super into it and then oh and then the other main character in the show is siri or princess cirilla Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're kind of following the three of them to start and then their stories start to converge and their timelines start to converge. And it's really fun. Highly recommend it. Even if you have no intention of ever playing the video games, which I didn't, but but Winston convinced me when in quarantine. I'm having a great time, by the way. Yeah. I'm just a little I'm just a little crazed. It's amazing <laughs> to watch. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So, Winston, maybe you can talk a little bit about the Witcher 2 game. Well, it's very similar. I, I mm-hmm. can't remember if they have that divergent timeline thing or not, mm. but I, I think it is. I think later you find out that, like, the flotsam... T- anyway, I don't know. But I had a great time um, helping my elf friend and... Is um, that the guy whose name is also Roche? No, that's the human guy. Okay. He's a commander of the guard who, like, lets you out after this king is killed at the end of the first game. Got it, got um, it, got it. And you become friends with him, but there's also an elf named Yorvath, and that's one of the big choices you make in the first act is help the elves or help the people. Right. Um, and and then, I just had to go through... After I completed my first quest on The Witcher 3, I then had to go through and decide what had happened right. in... Witcher 2, basically. I had to determine my backstory. Yeah. But basically, they suspect Geralt of killing all these kings in the north area, and then the Empire of Nilfheim 
is, it turns out, like behind all this and all these plots to try and destabilize the North so that they can then invade and conquer a divided North. And that invasion starts at the end of Witcher 2. Mm. After you make your escape with whatever combination of folks you uh, you end up rescuing. Gotcha. So, so that's the start of the game? I'm sorry, the start? No, that's the, the end that's of the That's the end of the game. So the start Got of it. Wild Hunt is like the invasion has already happened uh, the, or started. Right. Nilfgaard. Invasion. Yeah, Nilfgaard. Yeah, not Nilfheim. Nilfgaard. Nilfgaard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nilfgaard. Nilfgaard. Nilfheim, I think, Nil- is Nilf- one of the realms in the Norse mythology, though. Oh, maybe. Nilf- Nilfheim is, where, is like the dark elf oh. place, I think. Oh, I don't I remember, I don't but like but yes. Yeah, so as you were saying the other day, Nilfgaard is kind of like this interesting combination of Germany and Russia, right? Because Poles have been invaded yeah. and brutalized <laughs> by both, yeah, and it's so true. probably don't you know like either that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, to me, Nilfgaard definitely reads as kind of. Germ- Germanic and Norse. Yeah. They're certainly written and played that way in the English versions of the game. Yeah. And they, I think, they remind me a lot of the Teutonic Knights mm-hmm, um, who mm-hmm. are a Germanic crusader order and they decided that instead of going to Jerusalem, the main thing that they should do was kill Jews and anyone who was an Orthodox Christian and they set out mm. to do just that and were on their way uh to doing it until Prince Alexander Nevsky, the mm. Russian prince of Novgorod, oh, um, yeah. defeated them at this battle where he basically, the Teutonic Knights thing was that they were heavily armored and um, he lured them onto a frozen lake and the lake broke under their weight. And mm. so they were able to kind of, there's a, a great um, Russian silent um, propaganda film called Alexander Nevsky. And, like, Stalin refused to let it be played when he was trying to cozy up to fascist Germany. And then as huh. soon as Germany invaded, it, like, had to play in every theater all the time because huh. it's all about defending Mother Russia. Interesting. Nevsky's a really interesting, interesting historical figure because um, he was also around during the Mongol invasion of Russia. Oh, wow. And one of the only reasons Novgorod wasn't, like, burned to the ground. Wow. Because uh, he was like, yeah, sure, you guys are in charge. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you're not German. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so they, they remind me of that, like, Teutonic order because they're also religious yeah. zealots mm-hmm. in addition to being sort of, you know, Prussian militaristic kind of interesting. thing. Interesting. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, speaking of uh, all of these all these places, um, I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what I know of wine from Eastern, Central and Eastern Europe. So, um, because mostly, obviously, we when you talk about European wine, you talk about Western Europe and and a little bit, you know, kind of Germany is the farthest east that you um, that you kind of talk about major wine regions. Hi there. I just wanted to point out that I totally neglected to talk about Greek wine, which is ironic since we were drinking a Macedonian wine during this episode, which is, you know, close to Greece. But obviously Greece is farther east, albeit more south than the region that we're talking about, and obviously has a vast history of winemaking and production. So I just wanted to mention that there. But... Um, one of one of my favorite wines or a couple of wines that I sold when I first started working in wine were Czech wines. And so Czech, Czech the Czech Republic is probably the furthest east wine region that I've ever 
sold, drank, dealt with. And so there's a wine company called Vino Z Czech. And they're very cool. They have these, oh my God, what's it called? Like Art Nouveau labels here. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like kind of those old style absinthe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, with the like woman drawn. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. Looks, almost like a tarot card or something. Yeah, definitely. And, and so they've got really fun labels. And I saved a couple of the labels um, when I thought that that was a thing that I was going to do. Um, but so this one that I'm showing you right now, I think this is a perfect wine for The Witcher and for Geralt of Rivia. Mm couple reasons one it's from moravia which sounds like it which, could be yeah, awesome. could be a region in the witcher universe um and the grape is called rivaner uh, which sounds very much like rivia, rivia. Yeah. um and so rivaner is another name for a grape called muller turgau which don't feel bad if you haven't heard of that grape either. Um, but Muller Turgau is what it's called probably mostly in Germany. And you see it a little bit like in France and a couple of Austria, maybe. Um, and it's, it's one of those grapes. Um, it, you know, it's not quite like Gewürztraminer, like it's not that aromatic, but it's leaning towards that side of white wine. So it's, it's, it's a little bit more full bodied. It's got some aromatics to it. It's a little bit more floral, uh, but still nice and dry. Um, I haven't had this wine in a really long time, but we used to sell this wine and I loved it. I thought it was so good and so cool. Um, and it was less than $20 a bottle. It was like $18 a bottle. So, um, I think that's a great one for, uh, for, Geralt of Rivia. So, in retrospect, beyond the Rivaner Rivia connection, I would say that this wine is not really a perfect pairing for Geralt. I think it's probably a bit better for Siri, and I, future Emma, shall be back later with what I think is a better pairing for Geralt. One thing that I thought was really interesting is that, so in the video game, at least in the English video game, the uh, Geralt talks with just an American accent, and Pretty much everybody else talks with some sort of British or Anglicized kind of accent. Yeah. Or, or like, kind of German, if they're the Nilfgaardians yeah. or it's something. It's especially interesting because Henry Cavill's British. He is, but he does a kind of in-between accent, which is apparently purposeful. Mm. Like I read something that, like, he... He, he took a while to, like, create this accent that he wanted for um, for Geralt of Rivia, which kind of falls in between American and British, mm. I think. You know, he kind of goes back and forth a little bit. Just because, he, like, he's a, a, you know, he's a mutant. And yeah. so, you know, he just... Uh, so ing- man without a country. Language is just mutation, man. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> So the other the other wine from this company, and they're all made by different wine makers. So, so this this company is kind of like an umbrella label for a few different wines. Um, it's, I guess it's like a wine project because they're not an importer. Like they they go through another importer. Sorry, I'm I'm rambling, but I don't I don't know exactly how this works. But so the producer for that Rivaner is called Chateau Valtisse. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't even know what what language it's supposed to be in. And then the other wine that I used to sell was a Saint Laurent, which here, Winston, you can look at the label of that one. Oh, I like great. that one a lot. Yeah. So the Saint Laurent, it's a it's a red wine. And if you've heard of Zweigelt, you've you've heard me talk about Zweigelt possibly. 
Um, so Zweigel is that genetic cross. It's one of those grapes that was man-made, kind of manufactured to... Ooh, yeah, you can hear the rain. Yeah. Should we wait till it's not raining? No, it's okay. Right. I think it's nice. Uh, folks... It's it, good witcher weather. Yeah, it's raining now. It is very witcher. So Zweigelt, this grape, is a a genetic cross between Blaufrankisch, which I've definitely talked about before and is one of our favorites, and this grape, Saint Laurent. So Saint Laurent is kind of like Pinot Noir Gamay-esque, kind of lighter, lower in tannin, um, but but nice, deep, dark purple fruit to it. Um, and so I feel like that is a good wine for... Yennefer. Yennefer. Yes, yes. She does there. look. It, she lo- the label it looks, looks kind of like, like her. Yeah. yeah, like it could be Yennefer. It's very it's, sultry. It is. It's very sultry. And she's oh, and she oh, I just realized there's like a snake there, and she's got her hands over a uh, some kind oh, of it, beast. Yeah, it looks like a wolverine or yeah, some wolf kind of or something. Beastie. Yeah, that's super witchy. Very witchy. Very cool. Future Emma back as promised. While I agree with past Emma that St. Laurent is a great pairing for Yennefer, I think that Zweigelt is actually a great pairing for Geralt. If you want to hear a bit more about that grape, make sure to check out our Austrian wine episode. Also, is it just me, or does Zweigelt sound like it could be a form of currency in the Witcher world? I don't know. It just sounds good to me. So yeah, so that's so that's what I got for Vinozi Czech. A couple a couple of these other Czech wines that I don't know. Um, another one. There's a Gruner Veltliner from Moravia as well. Um, Michlovsky Riesling also from Moravia. Well, these are all from Moravia. Then this grape Blauer Portugieser, Portugieser, hmm. which makes it sound like it's a Portuguese varietal. I don't know what that would be, but that's. That's wicked cool. So yeah, so there's a bunch of really cool wines coming out of like Czech Republic. Romania is a big, big wine producing region that we get some wine from here in the States, but not a ton. Okay, future Emma here for one last time. Maybe can't make any promises. Maybe I'll be back. After some further research, I found that Romania is actually a much bigger wine-producing region than I knew, but still we don't get tons of Romanian wine here in the States. If anybody has found some that they like, please let me know. Also, I'll be posting a bit more about Romanian wine on the Patreon, so if you'd like to learn more, come visit us at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. Georgia is another one. Hmm. Uh, Georgian wine. Yeah, Georgia has one of the oldest wine-making traditions in Europe, as far as I know. But, again, a lot of it doesn't get brought over. Right. So it's hard to find. Um, So, yeah, so that's what we got for wine in terms of kind of Central and Eastern Europe. I kind of like how the... The Witcher has a lot of its own original elements, but it draws so heavily on like really old kind of Eastern European and Slavic mythology mm-hmm. that's influenced other things. Slavic, that's a that's a good word for it. Yeah, but like you know, the silver kills monsters thing. Right. You know, it's, right. it's you know obviously supernatural and all your werewolf lore and all that stuff kind of draws on that and then the idea of burning the body yeah. to kill ghosts which yeah. they also do in supernatural yeah. you were just in a boss fight trying to do that I was I was I, I that's part of where we why we paused is cuz I 
died a couple times trying to fight this this moon wraith. Uh, so I had to burn her body, and then I got to fight her. I got to cast a spell. I got to do this thing. It's just a, a, a whole lot to do, man. I'm learning. I'm learning. But yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I think it's a it's a really cool mythology world that's right. being built. That that feels a little. It feels very European, but in the way that most fantasy novels are very like anglicized right. or very. Um, or like Western Europe kind of yeah. like, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of fantasy, like Game of Thrones, like feels very like Renaissance Italy or something right. like that, or, or medieval Italy or something like that. And this feels very dark. And, and it's, <laughs> it's very much about like everything has a price. Yes. You know, so like magic yeah. has a price. Yeah. And, you know, in order for him to be the Witcher, he had to give. He, he's sterilized. There's a lot about like not being able to reproduce. Yeah, um, yeah. We were talking about this, but that's my one criticism of the show, which is something that we get all the time. Yennefer is such an interesting character, and spoiler alert: she um, she can't reproduce. I won't tell you how or why that happens, but eventually she gets to a point in her life where she wishes she could and um and that sort of becomes like her whole motivation and that's a really frustrating storyline for me as a woman watching it Definitely. um because it's like and, uh, that, and, and they did not, that with black widow too in the right, second avengers right. movie like it's, it's like it's just tired it's just know? tired like you know like uh, and, and it's not that that's not a thing that happens to many women and that's not a, a real a choice that a, a real lot of women thing. have to make yeah too, yeah you know? that's not that you know not to undermine the reality of it it's just it it's it's frustrating to me when you have such a compelling character and you don't need to make that choice for them. You don't need that to be their driving motivation. And yet that's what it becomes. So that's right. my so that's my one and, and it's not as simple as that for Yennefer. She's got more going on well, than just that. One but, thing I do think the, the only justification I could see for it is that in like medieval Europe, especially in, you know, Russia and mm. parts of, you know, other you know, Balkan mm-hmm, states and mm-hmm. Eastern Europe. Like, everyone who had any kind of talent or smarts that didn't involve just murdering people mm-hmm. were forbidden to reproduce. A lot like in Game of Thrones. Like, the maesters yeah. can't have children. Right. The black, right. the Night Watch can't have children, whatever they're right. called. Right, the Night's Night, Watch, yeah. Yeah. So, like, and, uh, you know, there are books about it where they're like, yeah, the Dark Ages were prolonged because everybody who could read... Was forbidden to reproduce. <laughs> like everybody who was fucking smart yeah. was not allowed to have children. Yeah, the smartest women were nuns. The smartest men were monks. Right. You know, right. and in many ways they preserved a lot of old history, but like these illiterate, unwashed assholes were just like killing each other for a thousand years. Well, everybody who was like, hey, maybe we should, was yeah, like locked yeah, up yeah, in yeah. a tower somewhere. You know? So, like, yeah, I get yeah, the that's... historical precedent. Right. And right. certainly the the impact of sexism in lots of cultures is like, well, if you're going to be a powerful woman, then you have to be a sexless, you yeah. know, goddess. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. Elizabeth 
Elizabeth the first. Right. 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 The Virgin Queen. Right. Yeah. All that shit. Yeah. No. It's very. It's very true. It's. uh, But it's all bullshit. I mean, there's not a good reason for any of it. That all that stuff sucks too. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, I'm looking forward to since it sounds like we get more of um, what's her name, Triss. Triss Marigold. Triss Marigold. Who I love. I'm Team Triss. Love Team Triss. She's in the show a little bit, but it seems like she's in she's in Witcher Two a lot more, yeah. um, and 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 I think she comes in in Witcher Three as well. Um, I just haven't gotten there yet because I've I I, I just killed my first Griffin man. Yeah, you know. You know? <laughs> when you started, you couldn't walk down the stairs. <laughs> now not, you're killing Griffins. Not just couldn't walk down the stairs, but just like would just like walk up to a thing and fall. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You know what it really reminded me of was because we love Frasier on this on this podcast. We sure do. And there's an episode where um, Frasier's son Freddy comes to visit, oh, yeah, yeah. and Niles starts playing a oh, video game with right. him, that's and right. he like dies in the training area, and the kid's like, "I didn't know you could die there." <laughs> It was really like, and then of course by the end of the episode, he's like beat it three right, times right, or whatever. Right, right, it's, it's, yeah. I'm watching that metamorphosis happen in front of my eyes is so gratifying, especially because I'm playing my own stupid League of Legends game and like yelling right. at the invisible thirteen year olds that I can't see. Where I'm there like, was like, our poor cats. You know, there was there was like twenty minutes there where Winston was like, Gah! and I was like, fuck you, I want to get out of this cave. <laughs> Yeah, we're both yelling at in like pixels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, I really love you talking to the game. It's one of my favorite things. We're like, Geralt, come on, come on, Roach, come Roach, on, come, come on, on, Roach. I do talk to Roach. Roach a lot. Roach, you can't get up the stairs. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Your horse. Yeah, Roach, come on. You know better than to go over there. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's very fun. Which leads me to something that I did want to talk about, which is um, because this is the first episode. I mean, we're not solely talking about video games, but this is the first episode on pairing where we're really talking about video games, and people have suggested it a lot to me or requested it a lot, and um, and I've been like, I don't play video games, so I'm sorry. Thank so you, now, listeners. Thank yeah, you for this you did gift. It, you did it <laughs> for this blessing. Yes. But it really is, I mean, I know I'm late to the game and like I knew all this intellectually and I've done a lot of voiceover work for not necessarily video games, but at least, um, you know, video game demos and stuff like that. Um, Really hope that someday I get a good video game gig, Um, not just because that's a sweet gig for an actor, but because it is like kind of our most innovative and beautiful storytelling storytelling medium medium right now i think that's totally unique to this this era when it's it's great i think for writers and performers Mm -hmm. um and visual art like there's very there are few like artistic disciplines, I think, that aren't touched by it. Composing, obviously, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot of these games have wonderful scores. And I mean, and sound, sound design, generally yeah. speaking. A game yeah. like Witcher the Wild Hunt has well in excess of 100,000 pages of screenplay dialogue. Yeah, I believe and it. So, like, as a writer, I can see that being really daunting, but also, like, how much do you get to express yourself? What, yeah, what a if gift. If you're a screenwriter who's used to being like, well, if I go over 110 pages, nobody's even going to look at it. Yeah. You know? yeah. To, like, oh, well, I guess I'll just write for days. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's just, like, the the random peasants who are like, yeah, I'm not here, Witcher. 
Right, you know, right. Well, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> they're all Hagrid, by the way. Everyone they're all is, Hagrid. Everyone is voiced by Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and then for a performer, like, yeah, um, you can't be prevented from playing any part in a video game because of how you look mm-hmm. or what your type is. Well, well and it's, that's, I mean, that's true for any kind of voiceover. Voice work, yeah. But, but, but definitely in video games, you get to be like a, you can be an ogre king. Yeah. Ogre I mean, king and is it, not your type, but you can do it. Yeah. And well, and it just, uh, it, it gives you a way to explore a character in a totally different way. Right. You know, because because as you as you said, you know, there's you make choices as the game goes on and and so there has to be dialogue for all of those different choices. And so then to be an actor recording those lines and all those different choices, it's like it's so cool. It's so fun. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. How you get to play the same like different versions of the same character. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like Clue, which yeah. we also watched yeah. recently, which is a fabulous movie. Or like in, in any of those TV shows where a character has like a like like they go evil or there's an right, alternate right the dark timeline like community yeah, yeah, where yeah there's exactly. the yeah I just wanted to I just wanted to say that and say like now I get it like I'm understanding like as frustrating as not being good at the mechanics of the game is I'm loving the storytelling aspect of it and how every choice you make. And how just how many fucking choices there are to make. What a gift, you know? What a and as you said, you know, like this game is like fifty dollars or whatever. And and to me, I was like, ooh, that's expensive. But it gives you so much more time of entertainment than movies, television, yeah. all of that. Like Yeah, the the dollar to payoff ratio is enormous. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really incredible, and so so I just wanted to say that I just wanted to say how much I appreciate. And if you're somebody who works in gaming, oh my goodness, power to you! Oh, I did want to talk about um, everyone's everyone's favorite bard, Yaskier. Yaskier. And the the I, iconic song. Oh, I lo- toss a coin to your witcher, whole valley of plenty. I tell you what, if we get, I'm putting you on the spot, Winston, if we get five more patrons at the $5 or above level in the next month from the release of this episode, Winston will record his cover of that that song. Do it. Do Do it. it. I dare you to do it. I want you to do it. And it will be available to all of our patrons. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I won't sing it in the voice I just sang it in. It'll, it'll, it'll be. Oh no, it's going to be in that voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to be Pearl Jam. Yeah. yeah, love it. There is a metal version <laughs> yeah, of that song. I think a bunch of people did covers of it already. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but the Winston Shaw version has not <laughs> has not graced us. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you haven't watched the show, I mean, there's so much to delight, you know, fans of fantasy in the show, but there's also, it's a little bit more innovative in a lot of ways. Well, one I feel thing like. I think is really cool is that Geralt is by no means the Messiah or mm-hmm. even like 
very close to the center of what's going on. At yeah. least in the first season of the show. And in most of the game, too, it's like Geralt is like, oh, I'm here to kill a monster. And he gets sort of swallowed up into these plots. Yeah. But the main thing, like all the Nilfgaard and the different kings getting assassinated, he he's like a suspect at one point, but he's not really central to anybody's no, plan. He just kind of keeps showing up and people are like, fuck are you doing here? I was I was almost done with the whole yeah. the dragon thing I was yeah. gonna do. And then but like Yennefer is very close to the center of what's yes. going on. Yes. Yennefer and Siri yeah. are much closer to I mean I mean in many ways it's kind of like the story is centered around Siri, but you need these other stories to get Right. To her. And um, but uh, but I do love that. I love that our our protagonist, our main, you know, person that we follow is kind of peripheral and, and uninterested. Yeah. In the larger like he's he doesn't give a shit if Nilfgaard conquers the north. Yeah, he's like yeah. you know, he's like what does he say at one point? He's like kingdoms rise and fall like the tide. Yeah, something uh, you know, just something more like bodies, that. Blah. And it's it's so he's very sort of nihilistic about it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. But he's but he's also like really caring and considerate. Well, he cares about people. He cares right. about individual people. He doesn't seem to care much about who's in charge. Who's in charge? Yeah. Which also, again, I, I guess that's the privilege of being a superhuman. You know, basically, basically a monster bounty hunter yeah. is what he is. He kills monsters. He's sort of like Blade in that yeah. he, he's like he's got some monster-ish qualities. Like mm-hmm. he he can ignore most pain. He has a he has like magical intuition and also of course like all your regular superhuman stuff like super reflexes, yeah, super yeah, sight, yeah, um, super sexy, rippling you know, yeah. fucking yeah. <laughs> want to write a poem on yeah <laughs> they are a poem yeah oh my god <laughs> let's just take a minute yeah just, oh, just, just picture just, it. just 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 think about it okay All okay right, back. we're back yeah <laughs> but yeah no it's it's what wine would you pair with henry cavill's abs oh well that leads me to <laughs> but one grape that i wanted to mention is a grape called sylvaner Hey, which it's very elfy. Very elfy. Um, I mean, there there are Sylvans in the world and in the show, and uh, I don't necessarily think that that's the right grape for Henry Cavill's abs, but but for his silver hair. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll get back to you about what to pair with Henry Cavill's abs. <laughs> Next time. Yeah, next time on The Witcher. If, you, if we mean, have it, 10 patrons. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Henry, if you're listening. He's off painting miniatures I know, he's painting Warhammer models. Yeah, adorable. it's really cute. Adorkable. Uh, he is an adorable dork. This is a great show and a great game. It's it's an incredible story to experience. And, and I think it's a really cool way to get into a very underrepresented part of Wine, history, folklore. Yeah. Every, like, actually, Eastern Europe and Slavic culture is so fucking overlooked in the West. I mean, not quite as bad as like most Asian stuff is mm-hmm, just erased mm-hmm, altogether, mm-hmm. even though like Asians have been part of America from the fucking beginning. Don't yeah. believe me? Who fucking built the railroads and yeah. dug all the gold yeah. out of the ground? Yeah. You know, like who discovered it in like 1000 before right. the Vikings even got there? The fucking Chinese. Uh, but anyway, I digress. But like, again, 
Eastern Europe, the Balkan states, um, the sort of former Soviet republics. Uh, I, again, I apologize if I'm not calling any of these by their proper name, but they, they all take, of them get short shrift. And I mean, not I grew up. I grew up much. saying that I was half Russian, a quarter Polish, and a quarter Czechoslovakian because for a while Czech, Czechoslovakia was a thing. Right. It turns out now I'm probably three quarters Ukrainian and um, Ukraine. and a, and a quarter from Slova- the Slovak Republic. So you know these borders are ever changing, but please do let us know what you prefer to be called. Yeah, absolutely. But also, I mean, like, who invented the modern novel? Russia. Uh, <laughs> Nobody in- does the novel who, who like Russia. Who perfected cinema within like? 15 years of the camera being invented, Russia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Again, I digress. It's just, well, it's, it's a cool way to enter that world and that mythos. Yeah. And so, well, but this kind of brings me back to a kind of greater thematic idea that I, that, that I wanted to bring into this, which is, which is that, um, you know, we started off the episode by me talking about how I was afraid to start playing video games because I was afraid I'd be bad at it. And I am, but I will get better. I will. I will. And more and importantly, have fun. Exactly. And so and so, um, that's something that I think about in my life because, you know, like I stopped playing music because I wasn't good at it and or quote unquote good at it. I mean, what it basically was is that I I wasn't willing to put the time in. And and it occurred to me that, you know, these are things that don't come naturally to me and they do come naturally to some people. I mean, you always have to work at it. Um, but but one thing that I thought of is that, you know, I think a lot of people don't get into wine because they're intimidated about wine. And obviously, learning about wine and drinking wine is not as hard as either playing a video game or, well, to me, at least, um, it's not as hard as playing a video game or learning to play an instrument or something like that. Um, but I want to encourage you that if you're interested, go for it. The the, the, the hardest thing about getting into wine is just the cost um, because it's so frustrating that... And even um, that's not that prohibitive anymore. It's not hugely you prohibitive. It to a six-pack of beer and a, and a decent bottle of wine, if the beer is good beer, you know? Yeah. Like, they're not necessarily that no, different. No, no. They're, I you mean... You get a good bottle of wine, 10 to 12 bucks. What, well, what I mean is more more than just buying a bottle of wine, it, it's it's wine education oh, and, yeah. and the program set up for, for that. Um, I mean, you can... You can read a lot of books, a lot of great books about it, but the best way to learn about wine is to do classes, um, either with the Court of Master Sommeliers or with like WSET or something like that. And um, and it's just it's it's really expensive, and uh, and it's something that I would love if I could leave a mark on the wine industry. I'd love to find a way to to you know get people who are interested in wine a way into it without having to pay so much money not unlike looking up the free walk yeah. on youtube for the i video will game be i will be that youtube dweeb uh for people who want to get into wine <laughs> <laughs>
Well, any I other, think that, any final thoughts? I don't think so. I think I think uh, we should do a, a Witcher revisited episode in the future. As we get farther, as into I get it, farther maybe. into maybe when the new season comes out, which may not be for a while, yep. and um, or or if you and, have moments from the game or monsters yeah, or characters please. that you really want to, oh my gosh, have us talk about. I love my. I posted a picture of myself. Uh, you know, starting yeah. before I started to play like this game. Now. I know, a, I know. A, I need a to. A photo I do. Roman. I do. I do. But, um, but I posted this picture of myself about to play this video game for the first time, and it was my most successful post on social media in a while. So, um, and and so many people just told me how much they love this game and that and that it it's it's so much fun. So if you have you know any stories that you want to tell me about playing the game without spoilers, because like. I, I, I will cheat if I have to, but I don't like cheating, you know, but, but tell me, you know, tell me your stories, share, share your Witcher stories with me. Well, and also here's to producers, producers of, oh, of all content and things, people who make wine, people who make games, y'all, people who make podcasts oh, out here. Oh, hell yeah. Um, you know, not everything has to be game of the year to mean something to somebody. Yeah. And just, it's incredible to see all these different things synthesized at once. It's really cool for me to be a part of it and um, to be able to share this with you and with all your awesome listeners. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, you, listeners, and thank thank you, you, Henry Cavill. Yeah, most importantly, (laughs) thank you to Henry Cavill and his abs. This is for you, Henry. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Scherzarko with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Scherzarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.